Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. This is Labor Day weekend, which many people think of as just a three-day weekend, a longer weekend to relax a little bit. But this holiday weekend was initially set up to celebrate the accomplishments and the contributions of laborers, of workers, of all that they've done that we enjoy here in our country. Today, Jesus wants us to remember just how much work it is to follow him. In fact, everything for the Lord. We'll hear more about that in our worship service, the readings, the hymns. Let's begin by singing our opening hymn, Speak, O Lord.
to save me, O God. Give glory to God, our light and our life. Merciful Lord, you did not spare your only Son, but delivered him up for us all. Grant us courage and strength to take up the cross and follow him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our first lesson is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 30, where the Lord reminds his people everything is on the line. In obedience or disobedience, life or death, following the Lord is of the utmost importance. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The word of the Lord. We continue by singing together the psalm, Psalm 1.
Our second lesson, taken from selections from the short letter to Philemon, serves as the basis for our sermon. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you, would, you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. The word of the Lord. We continue with the hymn response. stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel today, taken from Luke chapter 14, Jesus cautions those who follow him. This will be work. This will not be easy. But we are following the one who took up the cross for our salvation. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, Yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? 
he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, uh, the letter to Philemon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. It's being called quiet quitting. For many people who did not resign since the pandemic began from their jobs, they have stepped back or scaled down what they're doing for work. Some would describe it as doing as little as possible for your employer without getting fired. Others would describe it by calling it a healthy work-life balance. And still others would say that it's settling for being mediocre and letting your team and your customers down. Quiet quitting. But this is really nothing new, is it? People have been putting forth different amounts of effort in different areas of their life for thousands of years, haven't they? Whether it's with their families or in the workplace or with their personal health, different levels of effort. How much effort do you put forth in life? Jesus confronts us today with an even more important question. Are you a quiet quitting Christian? Do you realize how much it takes to follow me, Jesus says. In the gospel for today, he says, you need to put me ahead of your family, ahead of your life, ahead of all of your possessions. And it's striking as you read through this letter to Philemon just how much people are willing to offer and to give and to do as we take a closer look at Philemon today, may the Lord work in you and me an attitude that is willing to do even more than we're asked. First of all, based on a loving appeal. Also, toward a brotherly welcome. And finally, because we each owe a personal debt. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter. And in it, in the greeting to this letter, he describes himself in a way that he doesn't describe himself in any other of his 13 letters that are recorded for us in the New Testament. Usually Paul calls himself an apostle of Christ Jesus or a servant of Christ Jesus, but here he calls himself a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Paul is in chains, chained to the Lord. And not only that... He was literally in chains. The Jews had brought charges against Paul, and they had plotted to take his life, and Paul appealed to Caesar after a dangerous voyage to the city of Rome. There he was, in chains. He was a prisoner, chained to a Roman guard, living in a rented house. Now, he was able to receive visitors such as Timothy, or write letters and send them with people like Tychicus or other of his associates. Paul was able to preach and teach to those who would come to him. But Paul gave up everything as a follower of Jesus. Years of his life through these legal proceedings. Gave up the freedom to to travel around. 
He gave up energy and time and concern for the lost and for the found, even when he was staying in that rented house in Rome. He's willing to give up everything as a follower of Jesus. And Philemon, the man who Paul wrote this letter to, Philemon was a dear friend of Paul's. Their friendship, their relationship was based on Christ's love and also reflected Christ's love. Philemon was also a fellow co-worker. We read here in this letter that Philemon hosted the house church there in Colossae. Back in the early Christian church, they didn't have churches, beautiful structures like this to worship in. They worshiped in each other's homes. And when they met at a house for church, That would include things like washing their hands, saying prayers, reading scripture, eating a fellowship meal together, celebrating the Lord's Supper, taking a collection for widows and orphans, and reading the correspondence that came from other Christian churches, house churches around the Roman Empire. And usually, it was those who were more well-off who would host these house churches, and provide the meal for everyone else. So Philemon, because of his generosity and his help and his love, he had refreshed the hearts of God's people. Because that love was in control in Philemon's life, Paul said, even though I am an apostle and I could order you what you ought to do, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to appeal to you on the basis of love. I'm going to make a request of you and point to your love to fulfill that. If only you and I would always respond to love as a motivation. If only it didn't take orders and commands for you and me. Dad comes in and says, can I get some help unloading the groceries? Ah, too busy on my device, Dad. The wife asks, can you please help the children with their homework and get them down to bed? Oh, don't want to fight that battle right now. Jesus asks, read my word. Be regular in prayer. So many days go by and neither of those things happen. We see that person walking toward us and we think they're probably going to ask for some help. Got to find something else to do. Got to look busy. Got to walk the other direction. Or another special offering appeal comes into our inbox. Or someone asking for a donation. And we put it in the recycling can without even looking at it. We put forth little to no effort with so much. We've been quiet, quitting Christians, putting off those whom we should love and be seeking to serve. Because the sinful nature takes control of us, doesn't it? With its hate. I hate serving. I hate working for others. I hate giving. I hate sharing. I hate working together. It seems like freedom for a while, doesn't it? Free to do what I want. Sinful nature always looking for a way out if given the option. Yet for those who follow that nature thinking it's freedom, you'll find a freedom that you didn't imagine coming your way. 
free from attachment to the Lord, separated, distanced from him eternally in death. But the Lord wants to appeal to you and me on the basis of love. He deals with us in love in spite of our sin, in spite of our indifference and our lack of effort. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And that son of God did so much more than we ever could have asked. He picked up a cross so heavy and shameful and painful and took it to Calvary. There he paid for all of our indifference, all of our apathy, all of our hate. It's done away with. And it's this Son of God who says to me, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, also known as refreshment. This refreshment for our hearts that Jesus gives to you and me is not only taking away our sin, but giving us his holiness, his service, his love. With that love of Christ, a free gift from him, we are ready to serve, to do even more than we asked. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians? He said, Christ's love compels me. How could I do anything different? Because we are convinced that Christ died for all and therefore all died so that we who live, we don't live just for ourselves, but for him who died and rose again for us. For us Christians, the question isn't how how little can I get by with? It's how much more can I do? in service to the one who loved me to death and back. Yeah, we will do even more than we're asked based on this loving appeal. But also, in the hopes of a brotherly welcome. There was a pretty difficult past between Philemon and Onesimus. Onesimus had been Philemon's slave. And... If Philemon's love toward his fellow Christians spilled over into his relationships and his dealings with his household slaves and with others around him, he was likely a very kind Christian master. Nevertheless, Onesimus ran away and apparently did a great deal of harm to Philemon, probably took plenty of money or other valuables from him. Uh, Now right here, I'm guessing most of us are pumping our mental brakes and saying, hold on a second. How can someone who claims to be a Christian, like Philemon, how can that be compatible at all with holding slaves? What gives? Well, the Lord does not ignore the cries of his children suffering in slavery. Nor does the Lord excuse his people from mistreating another person ever. The Lord's purpose is to change hearts, not the structure of society. And so, as Paul wrote the letter to the Colossian Christians, which was accompanying this letter to Philemon, he said, Slaves, obey your masters in everything out of reverence for the Lord. For it is the Lord who gives you your inheritance. He also said, Masters, provide for your slaves what is fitting and right. And remember, 
that you too have a master in heaven. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Lord said through the Apostle Paul, whatever situation you were called in when you were called to faith, stay in that situation. That's okay. If you were a slave when you were called, don't let it trouble you. Although if you're able to obtain your freedom, do so. If you were a slave when you were called, you are the Lord's freedman. If you are a free person when you were called, you are the Lord's slave. So how should two believers, Philemon and Onesimus, handle this situation that was put in front of them? The situation that they found themselves in? Well, as Christians normally do, do even more than they're asked. Onesimus, by his human logic, human reason, would never ask him to return to his former master. Oh, that could mean a lot of danger or harm for me. Yet Onesimus returned to Philemon as a fruit of faith, seeking to apologize and to restore whatever wrong he had caused. Philemon, Roman law did not ask him to welcome any slave back who had run away. By rights, by law, Philemon could have Onesimus beaten severely or even put to death as a runaway slave. Philemon's neighbors, who probably also owned slaves, could, could have pressured Philemon to make an example out of Onesimus. But Philemon could do even more than he was asked. He could welcome Onesimus back as far more than a slave, but as a brother in Christ. The Apostle Paul, he could have thought, well, this is between Philemon and Onesimus. I'm going to keep my nose out of anyone else's business. But he didn't. The Apostle Paul could have said, what would I have to settle this debt for? Why, why should I offer to Philemon, why don't you just charge Onesimus' debt to me? But Paul didn't say that. He did even more than he was asked. You and I, in 21st century America, we face some difficult situations between Christians, just like Philemon and Onesimus did hurt in families that goes back decades. Maybe a spouse who acted in quite a sinister way toward you. Or a parent who was supposed to provide and protect you, but instead abused. Employees who embezzle, employers who exploit, neighbors or so-called friends who caused a great deal of loss to us. If you've been involved in a hurt and run, like Philemon was, Pray that that person finds a Paul. Because Onesimus, when he ran away from Philemon, he ended up finding his way to Rome and finding Paul where the Lord found him. The Lord gave Onesimus new birth through faith in Paul's message. He adopted Onesimus into his own family through the gospel. He turned someone who was useless and to someone who is useful for an elderly prisoner. The Lord was working behind the scenes in spite of the sin that was going on to turn a fugitive slave into a forgiven child, a forgiven son. And what Christian wouldn't want to welcome that person back as a brother? 
If you, on the other hand, have been an Onesimus to someone else, if you've stolen from someone, if you've run away from a real responsibility that you've had, if you've let someone down deeply, go back. Apologize to them. Seek to restore whatever you wronged them with, if it is safe and possible to do so. And sometimes we all need a go-between, just like Paul did for Philemon and Onesimus. If you see two Christians that are at odds, can you be the one to encourage them to talk to each other? Can you be the one to point them to Christ's love, to encourage them to forgive each other? Do even more than you're asked, all in the hopes for a brotherly welcome but also because you recognize the great personal debt that we each have. Now, here in America, we do not like to consider ourselves as belonging to someone else. No, we take our rights very seriously, our freedoms. We are free to speak and to write whatever we want as Americans, right? We are free to travel and to seek a different job, free to assemble and to worship. These are our rights. We take them seriously. But we really owe a lot to so many other people in our lives. We owe a lot to parents who raised us and provided for us, medical personnel that diagnose and treat and cure, military, police, and firefighters that help protect us and keep us safe. We owe a lot to a lot of different people. Even to the point that Paul says to Philemon, not to mention that you owe me your very self. And we don't have all the history between Paul and Philemon, but the gospel that the Apostle Paul toiled and labored to proclaim took root in Philemon. And whether that was Paul himself or Epaphras on Paul's behalf, Philemon had quite the debt that he owed to Paul. Because now, having heard the gospel, knowing Jesus Christ, Philemon was truly free, free from sin's control, free from the sting of death, free from Satan's accusations. He was free from guilt and condemnation and fear. He, he was free to live and to serve in joy and peace. Truly free. What a great debt that he owed to Paul. A personal debt. To whom do you owe a personal debt? Parents or grandparents who raised you to know Jesus as your Savior? Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher or a Christian day school teacher, high school or college teacher. How about a neighbor who talked to you about the Lord? Or a friend who invited you to church? these people who gave of themselves so that you might have the free gift of salvation in Christ. This kind of a personal debt could never really be repaid and should always be honored as much as possible. Yet Paul wasn't looking for a personal perk. He wasn't just looking for something for himself. Notice, he said, I'll pay Onesimus debt. Whatever it was, charge it to my account. And in so doing, the Apostle Paul was really pointing to the person that he was chained to. Pointing to the one who was willing to cancel his debt 
who said, charge it all to my account and took care of it at the cross. Paul was chained in love to Christ. He was confined by Christ's boundless mercy. He was sealed in by Christ's spirit. He could do no other. So he offered. He went above and beyond. The Apostle Paul did even more than he was asked. When another Christian asks you for a kindness, remember who you're chained to. Remember to whom you owe your very self. And be willing to do more than you're asked, too, because of this great personal debt. So what did Philemon do? Did he quietly quit, do as little as possible? Or did Philemon set Onesimus free? Or send him back to Paul? Did he cancel that debt, or did he ask Paul for it? We don't know. But we do know that Paul was confident in Philemon, just like your pastors are confident in you. Because we have seen Christ's refreshing love at work in you. We know you to be brothers and sisters in Christ who welcome each other, willing to forgive. We know the great personal debt we have to our Lord too. So wherever you go, whether you're at home or with congregational members, whether you're a business owner or a worker, whether you're in the neighborhood with friends or with family, we know you're going to do even more than you've been asked. All to the glory of Christ. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing the Te Deum according to the instructions in the bulletin and on the screen. You are God, we praise you. You are Lord, we acclaim you. To you, O Father holy, all creation offers praise. You are God, we
the morning, O Lord, I call to you. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Creator God, we give thanks for all the work that you give us to do, for work that sustains and work that fulfills, for work which, however tiring, also satisfies and resonates with your work in creation. As we give thanks to you, we also pray for those who have no work, who have too much or too little work, who work at jobs that demean or destroy, work that profits the few at the expense of the many. Extend your guidance and grace in the many and varied places of our work, in factory or field, in sheltered office or under open sky, using technical knowledge or physical strength, working with machines or with people or with the earth itself. Lead us, O Lord, to bring the full weight of our intelligence and strength to our work and to make our place of work a place of safety and respect for all with whom we labor. Keep us from engaging in work that harms others, that promotes injustice or violence, that damages the earth or otherwise betrays the common good. Protect us from greed that elevates our work above that of others, from discontent when we see the success of others, and from pride when we view the disappointment of others. Give us faith to use the wages we gain as gifts of your grace for supporting our families, for helping those less fortunate, for sustaining good government, and for promoting the ministry of the gospel in our city and world. Provide healing and health to those who have been injured at work, to those who have been hurt by the negligence of others, those who have been harmed by unfair practices, and all who are enduring pain in body or mind. Protect all people at work or at play. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in silence. In our labor and in our laughter, O Lord, in our work and in our rest, pour out on us the blessings of your Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us safely to this new day. Defend us with your mighty power and grant that this day we neither fall into sin nor run into any kind of danger. 
and in all we do, direct us to what is right in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Let us praise the Lord. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord's face ever shine upon you. The Lord grant you peace for all your days. We close with the hymn in unity and peace.
Thank you so much for joining us in worship this morning. A couple of announcements here. Family Bible Hour will continue after early service and before late service today. We will be jumping back to our unit on anniversary reflections, uh, looking at the history of our church, the history of the Christian church a little bit as we prepare to celebrate our 160th anniversary later this month. There will be child care between services down in the preschool room for children about second grade on down. Children about third grade on up are invited to come and join us for Bible study. This week is a big week. A lot of midweek Bible studies kick off on Tuesday evening, Financial Peace and World Religions, Wednesday morning, Acts, uh, Thursday evening, a men's Bible study on King David, uh, Sunday school starts next weekend. Uh, please register your children for that if you haven't. Uh, that registration online is preferred through our website, but there's also a paper option available if you'd like to stop in our office sometime and will be available next Sunday morning as well. Then uh, with our 160th anniversary coming up in two weekends, uh, the committee is asking for assistance in getting a count of how many are planning to attend. So if you're able to sign up for the meal sometime, you can do that um, electronically and uh, there's more information on that in our an announcements. Um, any other announcements that should be highlighted today before our Wells Connection? No? Then we'll hear our September Wells Connection. <laughs> 